Hello, welcome to the Omega Sports Podcast, live from the Omega Sports Zone here in Greensboro. I'm Doug the Shoe Guy, and our special guest today is Alicia, runner extraordinaire and mega influencer. We'll be talking with Alicia today about her her trials and tribulations as a runner, her influence in the community. Alicia, say hello to our listeners. Hello, everyone. Great to have you. Uh, Alicia is a big fan of Omega. She is seen as a leader in the running community locally, very influential to runners, and she works with young athletes as a cross-country coach. Quite the resume. We're very happy to have you today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, you've been running, I understand, for 22 years, starting with high school track. What brought you to track? What was it about the sport that appealed to you? Well, what brought me to track was I did enjoy running just as a hobby. I was always told that I shouldn't run or that I couldn't run because I have asthma, but I also was the kid that had the metal braces on my legs, so my legs tended to turn in, um, and then of course having asthma as well. But I got started with high school track because our school didn't even have an actual track, so we had to travel to track meets, and I thought, well, hey, this is great. I get out of class early, I get to do something <laughs> I enjoy doing. Fringe benefit. So yeah, right? it was a fringe benefit for it, for sure. Well, it sounds like you've overcome a great deal. Just a love of running brought you to track? Was that what it was? Or you just decided you try it not knowing if you'd love it or not? The love of running brought me to it. Um, track was a lot different than I thought it would be. And um, Back when I did it, you could compete in four events. And I, I did the 4x4, four four, the 4x8, four and then the triple jump and the long jump. Okay, so field events as well as running. Yes. Right. I was going to ask well. you, did you focus on sprints or distance? But it sounds like a lot of things. Yes, unfortunately, back then it was more focused on you know the fast stuff for me, which I didn't enjoy quite as much. I actually found the love of running after track and decided to move more into the distance events later. And looking back on it, what would you think was the best part about running track in high school? The best part about running track was a lot of people underestimated me as far as the jumping. I had a gymnastics background, so. Funny enough, I didn't actually ever score points for running. I only scored points for my jumping <laughs> skills. Um, but yeah, and just being a part of a team was really awesome too. So it was a good experience. That sounds amazing. How hard was it to overcome the, the barriers to entry with asthma and leg braces? Well, the leg braces were as a childhood thing, so fortunately I could build leg strength through gymnastics and stuff like that and parlay So that, that was a thing in the past once you got to yeah, the braces got were to gone. The okay. um, as far as the asthma goes, that was definitely a challenge because I was the only child on the team that had asthma. So that was always an obstacle to overcome. It still is. Um, but it's just one of those things that the more you do something, the stronger it's maybe. And actually now, because I've been running for so long, my spirometer readings are better than those the people that don't even have asthma. Wow. Could it be said you've defeated it, or is that something that's always going to be there and you just have to, to manage it effectively? It's always going to be there, but running has given me ability to manage it a lot better. Um, so that's definitely been something in my arsenal. But I always check you know, certain conditions like the weather and things like that before I go out. So you have to be aware of your environment, but you also, running actually helps asthma, which in the past they didn't know, like, hey, should you run, should you not run? But now there's a lot of medications available 
available and there's a lot more research and a lot of things that we can do, but it definitely helps strengthen your lungs so you can go out there and continue to do the thing that you love to do. Well, that is an incredible testimony, Alicia, to overcoming a huge obstacle. I mean, if you think about running, basically putting one foot in front of the other, but the respiratory system plays a huge role in that. And I know that asthma certainly can, can, can hurt the respiratory system. So that, that's amazing that, that you've overcome that. What is it about running that's kept you in it for over two decades later? Um, in the beginning, it was just something that I enjoyed to do. Um, and obviously, that's evolved after I've become a mother um, and had my rheumatoid arthritis development as well. Um, it's become something that keeps me motivated, and it, I can use it as a platform to discuss my disease. I can use it as a way to stay healthy, and I can also use it as a way to show my daughter, hey, you can be strong, you can get through adversity, and you can still do this sport. What is it about the running culture that you especially love? The running culture is amazing. Everyone calls it a running family, and that is exactly what running is. I have, like, you will not meet a sad or, like, angry runner. It's like we have all these positive endorphins. We're all here <laughs> cheering for each other. It's just an amazing community. It is. I agree with what you said about it. I've yet to come across a sad runner unless the weather was totally inclement that day and they couldn't get out at all. Well, I don't know. I've heard that there's no bad weather, just soft people. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think most of us, um, you know, we would go through any type of weather, except I will avoid ice. <laughs> <laughs> no bad weather, just bad runners, right? Bad attitudes. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a positive attitude about no matter what the weather is. Well, I'm interested in learning more about how you perform with asthma, and we'll, we will get to that a bit later but when and how did you partner with Omega Sports as a mega in, as a mega influencer and what is that like well that's actually it's amazing to be with Omega I have loved Omega for a long long time just because of the people that work there um, you know Tom was at the store in Greensboro and he knew that I loved Ultra Boost that he would call me and say hey we got your sides in and I would go in that day so that was the first step the second step was I won the Greensboro Race Series last the previous year. Very impressive. That's Thank that's you. a high quality race. Thank you. Yeah, so it was a series of races, and I won overall, um, which was exciting. And Craig actually came up came up to me and started talking to me, and I didn't know who he was. <laughs> so, and of course, I now realize he's the owner of Omega. But it was great because he started talking to me and asked me about like you know what you know the community stuff and the running and we just he just really like hit it off and I was like okay this is a great company down from the top all the way down to the stores um, Omega really gives back to the running community and for runners we really don't like we run our race and we really don't have a lot of things that you know we usually get or there's sometimes there's a coffee mug or like a sweatshirt you know <laughs> but Omega does great they give people gift cards and shoes and stuff like that so it makes racing a little more affordable for people and you know, it gives you an incentive to get out there and since they sponsor the events as well it's just like hey it keeps driving that community spirit and that drive to get back into the store I did not realize Alicia that this was a newer thing as Craig has been our CEO since April of 2017 mm -hmm. so that's when you first began to, to be become involved with us I mean basically what three years ago um, I've been a mega influencer since 2018. Okay, I got you. All right, so within two years. Mm -hmm. right. Alicia, I heard a minute ago you made mention of that, that you're a big fan of the Adidas Ultra Boost. Is that your shoe of choice? I know that there are a lot of great uh, vendors and models out there. 
Yes, actually the Adidas Ultra Boost saved my running. With rheumatoid arthritis, my feet tend to swell really badly. So they, the mesh top allows my feet to expand as much as they need to without putting the additional pressure on my feet. And of course, the traction on the bottom was amazing. I actually wore them in the um, Boston Marathon the year that the downpour. So, and it just had amazing traction in the rain. So they are my shoe of choice. Amazing, and Alicia just made mention of the, the, her Boston Marathon experience. We'll get more into that later. She's logged an incredible amount of marathons, and we'll discuss that more. I'm really interested to hear that. How frequently are you running in local races now? Local races I tend to use as training runs, so I try to race as often as possible, um, at least once a month, if I can, two to three races a month, but I use them as training runs instead of straight up races. I'll have an A goal race that I'm preparing for, and I'll taper into that properly. Otherwise, I think it's great to just get out in the community and run the races. They usually support a good cause. And you can run with a bunch of people, which can to kind of makes you run a little bit faster and work a little bit harder than you would if you were just running on your own. Very true. Now, what about overall races throughout North Carolina? What's your schedule there? Or do you tend to remain more local? It depends. Um, my family is from the Raleigh area, so I will go run out there just because I have free childcare that way. Um, but I do tend to stay in, stay in the local area as much as possible unless I travel for a marathon. All right, well, Alicia just hit the nail right on the head there, staying local. She's very active. You'll see her in our social media activations. She also lends her expertise and knowledge to many of our local events. So thank you, Alicia, for all you do for us out there. Now, uh, bringing it back to, to the, the asthma diagnosis you, achieved, you received as a child, I know that you're asthmatic and have always been told that you shouldn't be running. What was it about that that made you ignore those naysayers, that made you want to overcome that? Um, that's just sheer stubbornness right there. <laughs> so every time somebody tells me I can't do something or I shouldn't do something, it makes me want to do it that much more. Um, and yeah, the doctors were always like, hey, you shouldn't run, you have asthma, and I was having asthma attacks. But now everyone's like, that was the thing that saved you. That's the thing that made your lungs stronger. So sometimes you do, you always should listen to your doctor, but sometimes you have to also listen to your body and kind of say, can I do this? And you have to focus on what you can do versus what you can't. Absolutely. Very, very strong statement there. How old were you, Alicia, when you first received that diagnosis of asthma? I was diagnosed with asthma from birth. I was born premature. So um, I was born a little over four pounds. And so my lungs never fully developed. Okay. And yeah. How has asthma affected your running? It affects my running a lot. I have to have about perfect conditions to have a good race. If there's a lot of humidity or um, if it's really hot or if it's really too cold, there's a lot of things that affect me. Um, there's a race that is surrounding a parade. You'll have people like smoking and things and that can trigger an asthma attack for me. So I have to be wow. very cautious with what I do and the environmental factors or if it's rained a lot and it's mold outside, the moldy stuff will trigger an asthma attack. So I almost have to have perfect conditions to have a perfect race, but you know I would rather still be out there and have a bad race than not be showing up at the start line at all. Well, that, that can be tough given the, the need for perfect conditions. We all know that conditions are not always perfect. Uh, now, you, you mentioned how asthma has affected your running. Conversely, how has your love for running affected your asthma? My love for running has improved my lung capacity. Like I mentioned before, like when I go to the asthma doctor, the spirometer readings are better than those people that don't even have asthma. So it's definitely made me a, like stronger lung capacity-wise and has helped and have as less asthma attacks because of that. 
Excellent. And what tips or advice do you have for people with asthma that want to start running, they want to undertake a program? Um, the first thing I would do is make sure you're checking with your doctor to make sure that, hey, you can do this. And then the second thing I would do is, you know, take it slow, take it easy. I think that's the biggest mistake that new runners or even asthmatic runners make is they try to do more too much too soon. It's like you really don't have to swing for the fences on your first time out. Just make it fun. Walk for three minutes, run for a minute or jog whatever you can do. It's like you don't have to swing for the fences to make an impact. And for the uninitiated or for those suffering with asthma currently who are looking to undertake a program, a running program, or maybe they've kind of been reticent, yeah, I have asthma, I better not do that. What benefits does running have? and helping improve asthma. Well, of course you're going to improve your cardiovascular system as a whole, but your lungs will become stronger. Your body is an amazing machine and it will adapt. And that's the thing. I mean, I remember when I first did my half marathon, I probably didn't walk normally for two weeks. And now a half marathon, 13 miles is a training run. And it's you just go and do it and it's no big deal. Um, so your body's an amazing thing. It will adapt. You just have to give it time to make those small adaptations. Incredible. Does, does well, I know you mentioned a minute ago about certain uh, conditions have to be almost perfect, you know, to get a really good run. But how does weather truly impact running with asthma? Running with asthma is definitely impacted because, I mean, you have to be able to breathe to run. And so a lot of times I can go get through a run, but it may be a minute or two slower than my average pace. Sometimes it's three minutes slower than my average pace. And sometimes I have to decide whether it's worth it or not to even go out. Um, sometimes I just have to say, you know what, I can't run outdoors today. I have to hit the treadmill. And that's a decision that you have to make. But as long as you're out there doing something, you're putting something into the training bank, it all makes a difference. Indeed it does. Well, you've certainly overcome a lot with asthma. And for our listeners, believe it or not, you know, you, you hear that, that very positive attitude. On top of asthma, Alicia, you were also diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. If you could uh, very briefly tell the listener, in case they're unaware, what, what is rheumatoid arthritis? Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. So it actually affects your entire body. Um, it affects your organs. It affects your joints. Um, that's the biggest misconception that I get a lot. It's a lot of people like, oh, my grandmother has that. I'm like, she has rheumatoid arthritis? No, her knee aches. I'm like, no, no, that's osteoarthritis. <laughs> not quite, this, right, not not quite, quite the same. <laughs> right. um, and it's, it's definitely a hard disease because if you tell someone, hey, I have cancer, they're like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, because that's a tragic diagnosis, and it is. But if you tell someone, hey, I have rheumatoid arthritis, they're either like, oh, you're too young for that, or oh, my grandmother has that, or and that's not the case. It's like we're dealing with an autoimmune disease. Correct. I mean, when I was first diagnosed um, after after pregnancy and everything, because I was on um, prednisone during pregnancy, I was on chemotherapy tablets. Um, so that's definitely something that's like you need some people to understand. It's not just like, oh, my knee hurts. It's an autoimmune disease, and there's a lot of things that go into that. Uh, so your asthma diagnosis was in, in infancy, but your rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis was as an adult. It was as an adult, yes. Uh, how did you feel when that diagnosis first came in? I mean, obviously, you're not going to say great, but what, what, what were the things going through your mind at that point? Um, that was a very difficult time because I was pregnant at the time, which is what they think triggered the rheumatoid arthritis. And so it was definitely a difficult time because I had all these changes happening to my body. Um, and then when I finally delivered my baby, they said, yes, you are already positive. Your RA factor is positive. And so not only was I dealing with a new baby, but I was also dealing with this new diagnosis. I was using a walker at the time to get around. I could not even walk from room to room. And 
it, it was such a hard time because, and they said, my daughter sat me down, my rheumatologist sat me down, I was like, I don't know if you'll ever run another marathon. And I had the ugliest cry in his office because I was like, everything about my life has completely changed. Wow, that, that, that's incredible to, to hear that. What did you have to do to overcome that, to be able to continue doing what you love, undertaking a running program? Um, it took a while. So I came home immediately after I got my diagnosis and I started Googling. Like, I was like, surely there's other people with this. And there's not a lot of positive out there. And that's when I started my social media accounts. Um, because I said, I'm going to put some positive out there. I'm going to start, you know, telling people, hey, you know, you can still do this. So it was slowly. I mean, there were times that I couldn't even get out the door and run three miles. And then during one of my races, my foot started swelling and my bone, my metatarsal, my second metatarsal actually snapped in two pieces. So it wasn't linear. It wasn't a straight line of just, hey, I'm going to go out here and run again because I've always done it my whole life. No, there was like a lot of setbacks to get me back to where I am today. Well, you had just made mention uh, of your social media outlet. What, what is, for our listeners, Alicia, your social media handle and how do listeners follow you? It's RARunnerGirl262. RARunnerGirl262. Thank you for sharing that. Hopefully we'll have a you'll have a lot more a legion of followers after this. I, I know if I were listening and, you know, don't know you, I would be very interested in your story. So thank you for sharing that. With that rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis, how have you had to alter your running? Oh my goodness. I've definitely had to alter my running, which is kind of funny because before getting rheumatoid arthritis, I had never qualified for the Boston Marathon because I was under that mindset of, hey, if I can run 80, 90 mile weeks, I'll definitely get faster. And I wasn't. The fastest marathon I ran was 341, which at that time was about 18 seconds from the cutoff. Oh. Um, so now it's like because of the rheumatoid arthritis, I cannot run every day because I cannot recover that quickly. So it actually take it took me getting an autoimmune disease to completely change my thought process. Um, so now I only run three to four days a week. And I bike as cross training, and I actually added in some strength training as well. And so, getting the autoimmune disease made me completely change up everything. And now, actually, I'm faster because of it. That that's amazing. So, when you're not running, you're, you're cross training on, on your off days, doing cardio. Yes. Cardio work. Okay. That that's an incredible story. Now you've been very successful having run five Boston marathons since being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. What was it like finishing your first? What what kind of feelings went through your mind? The first time I ran Boston was 2014, which was one year after the bombing. So that was the very impactful year. Um, there were so many amazing things about that experience. The first and foremost is the fact that I even qualified and made it there because you're running with the best in the world. Oh, of course. The other thing for being with Boston um, was the, the 2013 was supposed to be the last time that the father and son did the team Hoyt. And I thought I was going to miss them. I thought I'd miss my opportunity. But I passed them on Heartbreak Hill, and I, tears just started streaming out of my eyes because you know, wow. there's, no, there's no crying and running, right? But tears, <laughs> just tears just came out of my eyes um, because it was so impactful. And of course, you know, you get to the tunnels and you have the Wellesley girls, and then it was so loud. So during the race, you hear chants, USA, USA. 
They're like, why are these people saying USA? <laughs> and that was the year that Neb had won. Oh wow! So okay. they had started from the from the finish line all the way down because there was a million spectators that year and chanting for Meb winning. It, it was just an electric feeling. It's something you'll never forget. So you cross that finish line knowing you've got your first one under your belt. That's got to be a great feeling. Yeah, and I was going to be one and done, but Boston has that magic that keeps drawing you back in. The pull. Now, was Boston always a goal? I mean, what was it about that marathon? I mean, it's the preeminent marathon in our nation, certainly probably the world. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like for, you know, runners like me, it's like you, you, that's the only marathon that you have to qualify for other than the Olympic trials. I know I'm not good enough for the Olympic trials, so that was the other barometer. And so that's kind of all of our goals. If you right. do marathons, it's like, hey, I can run with the best in the world. And you line up and there's people from all over the world beside you. And it is just an incredible feeling to be there. So as a frame of reference for someone, me, who has never run the Boston Marathon, nor ever will, you made mention of heartbreak. <laughs> Hill. What? Where in the race is that? Like, what? What mile is that? That's mile twenty-one. Oh, so towards the end, yeah. they, they throw that extra obstacle in there to, to make things a little tougher. Yeah, and honestly, you know, Heartbreak Hill is tough, and it depends on the year. If it's a hot year, it feels even tougher. Um, but honestly, if you run from, if you're in Greensboro and you train, it's not that bad. The first year is just like, oh yeah, that's this isn't as bad. I was terrified the whole time. Um, it's just all the hills before it are so rolling, especially when you're going through Newton that. When the time you get there, it seems a lot worse than it actually is. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's amazing. Like I said, I'll, I'll never experience that, but kudos to you for getting through that, not just once, but five times. Uh, you mentioned, Alicia, the euphoria of, of finishing having your first Boston Marathon behind you. Has your feelings changed now that you've got five? No, my feelings have definitely not changed. I mean, Boston is just an incredible experience. I don't care how many times you go. There is something from every single year. I mean, one year we went, it was freezing rain, it was sleeting, it was miserable weather conditions. Um, and I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself about mile 18. And I see a double amputee sitting on the side pouring wow. the water out of his prosthetics. And then at that point, I was like, you know what? Suck it up. Let's just go do this. Just when you think you had problems. Exactly. And so that's the thing. It's like, and you'll see blind runners out there. You see the, you know, Team Hoyt out there. So there's something that is inspirational about every single Boston. Uh, that is amazing to, to see all that. All walks of life, all levels of running, coming together, competing just some to win, some to, to achieve an accomplishment. So thank you for sharing all of your experience with us. Alicia certainly during this interview shared a lot of her medical history with us. We at Omega highly recommend talking to your doctor before undertaking any running program or doing any new strenuous exercises. Alicia, what questions should our listeners ask their doctors in order to ensure health and safety as they begin a running program? I would just make sure that, you know, when you check with your doctor, just ask them, you know, is cardio right for me? Is this right for me? Um, actually have them pull a panel and see what your numbers are for two reasons. Number one, if you can start running, and most people can, if you can start running, it's good to have like, hey, here's my baseline of where I am right now, and here's where my, because everything will improve. Your heart rate will improve. Your cholesterol levels will improve. Your blood pressure will improve. So running is an amazing catalyst for change for your cardiovascular system as well. So if you get the clearance, go, go for it. You know, it's funny to draw a parallel with, with your experience with health. I mean, I uh, have orthopedic issues with my knee. and It's funny listening to you. It's almost like you've become an MD yourself 
you know, with all the things you've had to overcome. Like when my knee went south on me, I became an orthopedist just reading up on it and studying it. What role does your current doctor have or what role do they play in your life as a runner? I'll have to say, I have one of the best rheumatologists in the area, Dr. Beekman. He is amazing because he realizes that I'm crazy passionate about running and fitness. And he always, instead of tells me what this is what I'm going to do, he's like, okay, he's like, what do we need to do? But he's also very good about, you know, keeping me in check and sitting me down and saying, hey, here are your numbers. We're going to need to change your therapy. And this is what we're going to need to do. Um, so he's pretty amazing with that. I mean, at first I was, when I first got diagnosed, I was trying to put off medication and he found Finally sat me down he's like listen he's like I need you to understand this affects not only your joints and you being able to tolerate pain this also affects your organs he's like you have a small child he's like you need to take care of her um so that's when it dawned on me it's like okay I actually do need to pay a really close attention to this but yeah working with your doctor and ha- like coming up with a plan of action is the best thing you can do how old is your daughter She's just turned eight. Okay. Did, does she go running with mom? Occasionally. So I um, coach cross country at St. Pius, and she will occasionally run with my kids out there. <laughs> okay. So has she shown a zeal for running? Does she have any talent that mom sees? Um, she does not have any talent so far, but you never know. I think she just enjoys getting out there with the kids. Uh, does she have a shoe of choice like mom? I know Adidas <laughs> doesn't offer the Ultra Boost for small children, but is there a go-to shoe that she likes? Yeah, funny enough, she actually did pick Adidas. It wasn't the Ultra Boost, as you said, because they don't have it, but she did get a cute pair of Adidas from Omega Sports. Uh, great. Glad we could help her with that. You had mentioned with your rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis how the Ultra Boost has helped you the upper. What is it about the, the midsole of the Ultra Boost that you love so much? Well, I feel like they have a really good balance between being heavily cushioned but still having ground feel. And my feet tend to swell pretty bad, like I mentioned before. So I still need to have some ground contact feel because they tend to go numb sometimes. So knowing where my foot is striking helps me and say, okay, I can land here. Is why I don't do a lot of trail running because I actually don't know where my foot's landing. For our listeners, Alicia, could you sort of assess the importance of being properly fitted for shoes? Like how important is that for a runner? That is huge. And I'll tell you this for a fact, because back when I was 19, I got back into running again from high school. Um, it was funny because I was wearing shoes based off what color I liked. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are cute. And so because they were pink. And so actually was having knee problems. I'm like, why am I having knee problems? And I was in a motion control shoe and I'm a neutral runner. So if you're not in the right shoe, it can cause knee problems. It can cause IT band problems. It absolutely can. So it is hugely important, and it's a free service at Omega. So why everyone isn't literally rushing in to get this done, I have no clue. Because it is uh, so important to be in the right type of shoe. Yeah, that's a great point, Alicia. She she hit the nail on the head. It is a free service. Uh, you know the the retail cost of the shoe. There is not an add-on for being fitted. If it takes 10 minutes, if it takes two hours, our associates will happily walk you through some gait analysis and a good fitting. Well, I know you've been running a good while. You have some obviously go-to running shoes with the Adidas Ultra Boost. Uh, Are there also some must-haves for you in gear and accessories? 
Um, gears and accessories is always a plus. Um, for me, the one thing I absolutely cannot live without is my Garmin, just because simply of all the data that I get back from that is your heart rate. And that even shows like, hey, you're fatigued, you need to back it off. So just having the data from the Garmin is amazing. Um, gels and noon from an electrolyte standpoint. From a hydration standpoint. Yeah, right. and from an electrolyte standpoint is huge, especially for us distance runners. I mean, that is clutch. Um, and of course, I cannot live without a half sip because anybody that knows me knows I'm incredibly hot natured. So when I'm running, I've got to have that half sip. Um, Omega has a great one by Nike out right now. So they like have the cute purple too. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is perfect. Um, and my, my funny thing that I cannot, I will refuse to change is Belega socks. Like I have to have those. Like without a doubt, the no-show Belega socks are my go-to. <laughs> Well, yeah, runners, I, I won't use the term quirky, but they, they, they like what they like. And then it sounds like you're the same way. I mean, as the old adage says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? If it works for you, keep going with it. Thank you for sharing that, Alicia. Well, one thing, a very important part of running that isn't always talked about is recovery. Uh, what do we do post-running? What, what do you do on your recovery days? Um, post-running, I take recovery very, very seriously because I have to. It's not an option for me. Um, so a couple of things that I do, and obviously check with your doctor, um, is I do beet juice after my runs. I also do turmeric and ginger capsules. I think that helps reduce the inflammation in a more natural way than just taking IV ibuprofen and things like that and considering my body's in a state of chronic inflammation just from the RA let alone the long runs I really need that and then of course like get your electrolytes back in get your protein back in that sort of thing um, and of course roll in recovery I mean that's huge um, I just recently purchased a Theragun so I've been using that as well um, those yeah, are amazing they are amazing for the uninitiated look up theragun online it, it's incredible yeah they're they're pretty amazing but if you don't have that option there's like foam rollers and things at omega sports you can buy as well so any type of like recovery it, anything you do recovery wise is at least better than doing nothing absolutely and it could be argued that recovery is perhaps not only equally as important as the training itself, but maybe even more important to, to ensure that you get to keep running. You're absolutely right, because an injured runner does not make the start line, and they certainly don't hit PRs. <laughs> well, you are a highly experienced runner. You, you know what you like through, through tri uh, trial and error, certainly through a lot of experience. Are there any products you can recommend for new runners? I mean, certainly I'm not expecting a shoe recommendation because everyone's feet are different. What works for you may not work for a, for a novice runner. The thing I can say for the runner is honestly, like we just mentioned before, go get fitted for shoes. If you need to be in a motion control shoe or a neutral shoe, you need to know that. So that's like the biggest thing. Once you've decided, commit to like commit and give yourself a prize. So if you do this study for a month and say, hey, I'm gonna go buy a base model garment. I think you can get the cheapest one for a little over $100. That's just an investment in your health. And then you can see your data. And I think that like having a fitness tracker of some sort will keep you accountable and keep you engaged and keep you motivated. And Garmin Connect is really amazing because they offer a community on there too, where you can get points and challenges and things like that. And then it shows you your yearly totals of, hey, you know, like this past year I ran right under 2,000 miles. I'm like, all right, well, well, this year I'm going to hit 2,000 miles. So it just gives you those like goals to reach for yourself. Right, well, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, you, you have overcome an incredible amount uh, of adversity to, to be a great runner, to do the Boston Marathon five times. I think that's absolutely amazing. Uh, do you offer run coaching locally? I, I, we made mention that you're a, a 
cross country coach, but do you do any separate training? Yes, um, actually we're about to start something with Omega Sports really soon with that. So you're gonna have to stay tuned to Omega Sports to check that out, but it's gonna be an amazing partnership. And then you get my 20 plus years of knowledge as well. An incredible amount of knowledge that, that people need to hear, that's amazing. Well, uh, Alicia had shared with us her social media handle. If you don't mind, run that for us once again so, so, so listeners can follow you. It's RA Runner Girl 262. RA Runner Girl 262. Now, is that, in, is that Instagram? Is that all channels of social media? Um, yeah, that's for, um, for my Instagram. And then, of course, Alicia Johnson Ryder for Facebook. Well, that, thank you for sharing uh, all of your amazing experience, both as a runner and as a mega influencer. I want to thank you for coming today, for, for sharing your wisdom with us during this podcast. I know you're exceptionally busy, so it, it speaks well of you that you would carve out some time for us today. Thank you, Alicia. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I, I learned an incredible amount. Just when you think in this game, you know it all. Someone like you comes in, flips a switch, even more knowledge comes in. So thank you for that. Well, a big thanks to Alicia for coming out and talking all things running, uh, sharing her, her health diagnosis that she's had in the past. She's overcome both asthma and rheumatoid arthritis to become a very influential runner and a key mega influencer for us. Please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Don't forget to like and rate us wherever you listen. Thank you again, everyone. This is Doug the Shoe Guy for the Omega Sports Podcast. <laughs>